are about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Even if it's not in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m., Saturday, January 29th, in the year 2022 at dnrstudios.com and the DNR Cast app, the only place you can ever hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen anywhere else, leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Download my two comedy albums. Get your ass merch at adamsank.com. And remember... You can call the ass hotline anytime. Something's on your mind. You have a complaint. You have a a, a quip, a critique, a, a sexual fantasy you want to talk about. Just call us at 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804-825-5277. And if you refuse to get vaccinated, you're a cunt. There, I said it. Our guest today is a legend, someone that we have had on the show once before, but I don't even count that because the audio was so fucked up. It was one of the... Uh, record from home episodes that I did during the shutdown. Oh, yes, I remember. It you had so sucked much sucked because she's such a good guest and she's back today. Uh, we'll be talking to the one and only Peppermint in just a little while. But first, it's my pleasure to welcome my co-host, everyone's favorite cum slut, Steve Cesaro. Hello. Do you like your new sobriquet? I do. I, I really do. I, especially because, you know, it keeps me warm. That creamy deliciousness makes me think of joy and happiness. Same, sis. It feels like I've done a good job. Like, sis, you did a good job. Sis, you did a good job. It's such a reward. It really is. And, you know, being on this podcast is almost as rewarding. Almost as good as being a cum slut. That was the sound of uh, JB, our queen of fuckery and producer. Hello to you both. Um, And actually, it's interesting that we started the show talking about cum slutting. Because uh, my question for you both this week is, do you... Enjoy taking multiple loads, or does the idea even appeal to you? Now, now before you answer, I'm talking about sort of like the whole gangbang fantasy. Um, this, what, what Ryan did on his birthday this she past year. She had no pussy pole bearers, and she gave up in the middle. <laughs> so, does, I, do, do you like this? What's the tea? My husband knows this, so I know I can say this on air. I absolutely love it. I will... And I've told him, I was like, maybe, babe, for my birthday or for like a spe- for Valentine's Day, you know, to show you really love me. Let's just, I just want to be a used up bottom. And he's like, you're disgusting. Bottom. <laughs> JB. <laughs> okay, so here, here comes, welcome to the life of JB. Everything's a big contradiction. So I am <sighs> fantasies, like to be spread eagle. Yes. Getting zigged down. Having that in me and have someone eat it out, like I'm all oh, like that. I'm down for it. But the thinking of it in practicality, oh sis, that's a lot, nigga. It's a pleasure. That that is just me, just on my knees for hours and hours, or just lifting legs up. Like, do I really want to do all that cardio? Like, I granted, there's many niggas, and it's probably. And knowing me, I'm gonna have like three three people who can just fuck for hours without nutting. And I'm just, I, I, I can't. So the whore in me says yes. The practical bitch in me says no. See, and I feel like, because, you know, I, I, I've i done it not too many, but a few times, also with my husband present. And just so he, Lane, just so you know, you've been there. Um, and I think once you get in the mood, to your point, JP, you kind of forget how much time is going by because you're having such a great time that you can do it. You know what? I'm going to make that a challenge for you. You the JB Gangbang Challenge JB. of 2022. Okay, and also, we should start a uh, and also if start I do a, a gangbang, I would not. I would not be the only Bob. I would need pussy pole bears. So I might need a break. I'm gonna need a break. I think I like this idea of pussy pole bears. But let yeah. me just say, first of all, nothing about this appeals to me. I don't like watching it in porn. I remember when Dawson's 40 Load Weekend came out. That was like a very taboo <laughs> video at the time because it was before prep, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is so irresponsible." Uh, I didn't want to watch that. I don't. Nothing about the idea of someone getting fucked by multiple people is sexy to me. Even the idea of it. Um, I definitely don't want it. First of all, I am far too lazy. I would need many pussy pallbearers, to quote JB. Um, But, like, my hole couldn't take it. I can barely take one dick. I'm not a great bottom. And also, 
I just think even with prep and meds for people who are pos like me, I, I think you're setting yourself up for multiple infections of STDs, uh, hepatitis, and new strains of things, new microbes that haven't been discovered yet. I'm not slut shaming. I just think the human body was not designed to take multiple loads at once. See, but the, okay, so that's my thing. Is different. I wouldn't do a random game bit. I would do something like Ryan did. Like he brought his fuck boys. Like he was fucking for I don't know plethoras, and he brought them. to I think the there party. were ten of them. Yeah, he brought a lot of them bitches. See, and I don't want to know. Because I'm, t- I'm too afraid that it's someone that I'm going to know and then I can't face them. Or even worse, someone that, like, my husband works with. And then I'm terrified that I'm going to, like, ruin his reputation or, like, I, you know. Well, I re- can't do the randoms because then <laughs> my, my fear, like, Adam's fear comes to realization. I would have to, I would have to pick the boys. Like, well, and especially with this situation that I've seen on the apps uh, where it's, like, I'm face down, blindfolded, ass up, the apartment doors open. Nothing about this. First of all, how unsafe. You're basically just asking someone to rob you. rape, rob, and murder you. Second of all, I don't even want to be one of the tops in that situation. That is not a hot situation to me. I get that it is to many people. Well, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I was looking through cocktails and cock talk. We don't have the mumper anymore, do we, JB? No, we don't. And now, another stupid story from cocktails, cocktails. and cocktalk.com. Yeah, suck my cock. We don't need the bumper. We can do it live. <laughs> anyway, Cocktails and Cock Talk reported on a um, content creator, if you will, named Ali Adams, self-proclaimed L.A. cum bucket. And he announced that he had taken uh, 75 loads from uh, or loads from 75 different men within 20 hours. Um. Cocktails and Cocktalk said that, honestly, the most shocking part about this is that he found 75 tops in West Hollywood. (laughs) He tweeted, thanks to everyone that showed up and showed out. Appreciated you all for putting your seed in me and helping me reach my load count goals. Uh, Cocktails and Cocktalk wonders, was there a target? Kind of like, go breed me? If you think the ambition stops there, you're wrong. The next date for Ali is already scheduled, and the goal is 80 loads, with the invite noting raw tops only in case you could sneak in and take a few for yourself. (laughs) Obviously, we were going to show you some of the videos, but Ali has put his Twitter on private, so you'll have to request. Again, I mean, to each his own. um, uh, This person is an adult. He can do with his body what he likes. I just, uh, it has no appeal to me. I think having really hot sex with one, maybe two people at the same time is plenty. I don't need a, a procession of dicks. <laughs> with Paul Bearers. With Pussy Paul, <laughs> Paul Bearers. Did you come yeah. up with that yourself? Uh, no. Again, we talked about this. There was a comedian oh, right. who said it. I right. told from her. So but funny. Again, that's the only time I would do a I, that's the only time I do gang bangs if I know the people and if I have pussy pull bearers because I'm in, I'm gonna need like a blunt or six. Yeah, I definitely would have to be medicated to even try such a thing. Do and you like, like those... I like to I like to roll, so like I'm gonna need that time to myself. Yeah. to roll. Do you like those group situations like in Pete Town, like under the Dick Dock, or like if you're going to the Woods Campground? Yes, in, in like the yes, shed? I do, but but and it's a big but. <laughs> I I'm pretty exclusively oral in those situations. If I go to an underwear party, sex party, if I go to the Eagle, someplace like that, yeah. I suck dick, I get my dick sucked. That's as far as it goes. I'm not into public anal. Interesting. I would have to try it, see if I'm <laughs> Because of that. Because I'm too afraid of that happening. Um, all right, it's time to move on to something far less disgusting. And by the way, hi, Mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like my mother has listened to this show ever in the last three years. Okay, so we haven't yet talked about Amy Schneider, the uh, trans Jeopardy champion who is uh, breaking records every single night. She, I, I'm amazed how many of my friends are um, into this. I have this one friend, Paul, who texts me every weeknight. Are you watching Amy? She's doing great again tonight. And I'm like, I don't really watch Jeopardy. But, you know, okay, I'll tune in. But she is amazing. And there's stories about her every week. Uh, the most recent story, the one this week, is that she says she gets inspired by Eminem's song Lose Yourself, which I also used to get inspired by. Um, she says, right before the taping starts, when they're doing the countdown, I will get the song Lose Yourself in my head. It's just a reminder that this is one shot at Jeopardy, and it's staying in the moment. There's no excuse for thinking about anything else. 
This is the only thing I need to think about right now. Um, a lot of people were surprised by this because they feel that Eminem is homophobic. Um, on one of his songs, Fall, he's rapping about Tyler, the creator, and he says, Tyler, create nothing. I see why you called yourself a faggot, bitch. It's not just because you lack attention. It's because you worship D12's balls. You're sacrilegious. The term is bleeped out in the song, but it doesn't change the fact that the lyric is homophobic. Um, I'm... I'm fine with Eminem. I always have been. I think Eminem's a genius. I think that when he raps uh, about homophobic things, he's playing a character, just like when he raps about murdering people. He's not actually a murderer, and I don't think he's a homophobe. Um, actually, he his child recently came out as non-binary, and he seems fine with that, if that's any indication. But back to Amy Schneider. Um, when I printed this out on Thursday, she had won 36 games, uh, bringing her total earnings to one point. $1.8 million. Her 37th appearance uh, was going to be taking place Thursday night. I assume she won, um, which would only put her one game away from tying for the most consecutive wins in Jeopardy history. She's already the most winningest woman in Jeopardy history. And um, yeah, she's pretty impressive. Have you guys been watching? No, but I do like the show. And I have seen lots of clips of her and she is... Brilliant. She knows everything about everything. Yeah. Um, I meant to print out this, fuck, I meant to print out this one final Jeopardy that she got wrong along with the other two contestants because Patrick and I were watching at home and we also couldn't get the answer. And it's a Broadway question. So let me see if I can come up with it correctly. Ethel Merman and Sarah Jessica Parker both played a character named this in two separate Broadway musicals. Annie? Yes, you got it right away. <laughs> we couldn't get it. You're welcome. Yes, Ethel Merman played Annie Oakley in Annie Get Your Gun, and Sarah Jessica Parker played Annie yeah. on Broadway. Um, in other trans news, and this is the opposite end of the spectrum from Amy Schneider, I was shocked this week when I learned that one of the January 6th insurrectionists, one of the really violent ones who, like, forced their way into the Capitol, is a trans woman. Really? Yeah. Her name is Bruce Jenner. Jessica Caitlyn Jenner. Do not dead name her, please. Is it Caitlyn Jenner? No, it's Jessica Watkins. She's an army veteran. She served in the military under her former name uh, in Afghanistan from 2001 to 2003. Later, she was a first responder as a firefighter and emergency med tech in North Carolina. She uh, is a member of the Oath Keepers, and she also formed a small local militia group called the Ohio State Regular Militia. According to social media evidence, um, she traveled to D.C. to take part in the insurrection, wearing full tactical gear, was part of the group that entered the Capitol. She got at least as far as the rotunda. According to prosecutors, she not only participated in this action, but helped to organize it. Investigators showed texts to those she wanted to join her militia and other messages where she tried to get them to come to trainings. She mentioned getting the recruits fighting fit for inauguration. Uh, after her home was raided, FBI agents found numerous firearms, pool sticks cut down to baton size, and medical supplies. Um, she claims that she was only in Washington to serve as security for various speakers. Um, she, At the time, she posted on social media, tear-gassed, pushed our way into the rotunda, made it onto the Senate even. The news is lying, even Fox, about the historical events we created today. In interviews, she has consistently claimed that once inside, she tried to stop others from vandalizing the building. Um, she faces decades in jail. She's charged with sedition, which carries a maximum of 20 years. Her first trial begins January 31st, and she has another trial scheduled for April 19th. I hope she goes to prison for the rest of her goddamn life. And I do not understand, and I've said this many times, how queer people can be part of a fascist movement. I don't get it. Explain it to me, Steve. I, first of all, I apologize to Caitlyn Jenner for using the dead name. Please. Um, but I don't like Caitlyn. No, uh, of course, we hate Caitlyn, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but I think, we still um, respect her humanity. Yes. Um, I don't understand. The only thing I can think of it is um, they're just, you know, it's so brainwashing just watching it's sort of like what fox news does right if you watch it enough you start believing the lie right that maybe she was just watching enough 
and reading enough of the same thing over and over and over. Because even smart people are susceptible to being brainwashed or being a part of a Not cult. me. <laughs> I could never. Well, we say that, right? Until all of a sudden you're in that situation. You're like, oh, shit, I actually had no idea. Like, No, but I, you know what Jay Black was talking about last week? I have a natural aversion to authoritarian figures. When someone says, you have to do this, 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 and this. But it doesn't start You have way. to follow starts... these rules. As soon as someone starts right. doing that, I'm like, no, I'm out. I'm out. You don't think that that it sort of starts slowly and and quietly and like sort of non-spoken ways and then you start sure right. But Trump was never subtle or quiet about his intentions. No. And the fact is, all she has to do is look around at what her fellow magites are saying and tweeting. They hate trans people. No. They hate them. They're trying to take away their rights and make their lives miserable. And no. it it's you know, I always say this: there were Jews that helped the Nazis. So there's always people who, um, I think it's a it's a weird survival instinct. I was just going like, to say, do you think it's so that like, they don't get picked to die when yeah, it's their time? Yeah, I'm going to join the the um, the authoritarians, and therefore they're not going to hurt me. I'm going to be safe. I, maybe that's part of it. Who knows? But um, yeah, she. I mean, she was not just one of the protesters who got caught off guard. She she wanted to do this and she wanted to inflict harm and uh, commit treason. So fuck you, Jessica Watkins, please go to prison. Uh, Meanwhile, this story uh, was from a few weeks ago, but it struck me. I'm always fascinated by serial killers. And um, back in 1990, there was an adult uh, film performer, a gay porn star named Billy London. His real name was William Newton. And uh, he was murdered in L.A. back in 90. And now a new investigative documentary suggests that he could have met with foul play at the hands of Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, The filmmaker, Rachel Mason, said, When I learned of the story of Bill Newton, it was while I was doing research for Circus of Books, which was a fabulous documentary about an adult bookstore in L.A., She said, I wanted to find imagery of young gay adult film performers that had died of AIDS. And I saw so many of them had come through my parents' bookstore. It explained, uh, and it pained me to learn of their death due to AIDS. So, this is confusing. So she found these photographs and articles about Billy's murder. And she had never really heard about it. And it was so gruesome and mysterious that she decided to sort of follow the trail Um, this isn't the first time that investigators have examined a possible link between London and Dahmer. When police finally nabbed Dahmer in 91, they confronted him about his potential involvement in the murder. Investigators noted at the time that London's body, which was found dismembered, fit with Dahmer's uh, modus operandi. Dahmer, for his part, denied killing London. Um, Anyway, it's very creepy, but it would hopefully solve this unsolved murder if they can prove that that it was Dahmer who did this. Um, Dahmer, of course, uh, infamous for murdering at least 17 men whom he dismembered, some of whom he ate. Uh, He himself was murdered in prison in 1994. I didn't know he was murdered. Oh, yeah. That wasn't on a Netflix special. <laughs> about Dahmer? Yeah, was it that, that he was murdered? Not I, the FX, sorry, the FX series. I would think I that think that's they... that there would at least be a little slate at the like end at that the would say end. Jeffrey Dahmer was maybe you were like get, getting a snack when they put that out. <laughs> Probably <it> was <laughs> a, a little <laughs> Anyway. <sighs> Meanwhile in Key West, uh two shitheads who I'm sure we're straight. Oh, it's such a great story. They lit a, a, a famous buoy on fire. There's a 20-ton buoy in Key West. It's like a landmark um, that floats, you know, just off uh, the, the beach in Key West. And these two shitheads uh, who were there from, I think, Texas, they lit it on fire and they videotaped themselves lighting it on fire and put it on social media. And they were almost immediately identified because earlier that night they had been at one of Key West's gay bars and they ref- they refused to tip they didn't tip the bartender and the bartender saw the video and said i know those two shitheads they're the ones who didn't tip me his name was cameron brody uh he's a bartender at irish kevin's which is a popular bar on the city's main drag duval street um 
He said, tipping is very important. This was in the New York Times. He said, tipping is very important, and it is everywhere. And it, it, it is everywhere, but particularly here. Um, our service workers go out of their way to make sure you're having a good time. One of the drinks uh, was paid for with cash, but the other two were bought with credit cards, which left a paper trail. They matched the timestamps and card slips with the video footage of when the men were at the counter and tracked them through the bar. The bar's cameras also recorded scenes of what appeared to be the men being rejected by young women they had approached. Basically, these two straight douchebags come to Key West, which is this beautiful gay mecca. They hit on the women who are not there to be hit on by guys. They light a fucking buoy on fire, and they don't even tip their bartender. Like, that's the worst part. Like, sis, if you're going to do crime... That's always my thing. You gotta keep tip your bartenders. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't have to tip extravagant. Just tip bare minimum so that your face blends into the rest of the crowd. You can't stick out in the crowd. This, oh, you can't not tip people because I remember the bitch who don't tip me. Also, there's a video. I'm kind of watching this video. How about now. just tip because it's the decent thing to do. It's how pe- servers make their living. I hate when people don't tip or don't tip well. Yeah, you know they took a Christmas tree to this buoy while I'm also watching this video. There's a menorah to the right. I'm just like, why did they just light the door and then set it on fire? Why did they take the Christmas tree down? Wait, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, there's a video. I'm watching it. There's a menorah. And a Christmas tree. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm just like, why did they just light the menorah and they put the menorah? Oh, I see. So, You're yeah. saying the menorah could have served as a as a torch? As a torch, yes. <laughs> uh, their names were, their names were Skylar Ray Jacobson and David Brendan Perkins. They're like 21 and 22. Uh, I'm sorry, one's from Texas, one's from Florida, same diff. The police uh, have obtained felony arrest warrants for both men on suspicious of criminal mischief with more than $1,000 in damage. Uh, in damages. The buoy was restored at a cost of $5,300. I mean, it's like my two least favorite things, vandalism and not tipping. They should be executed. Yeah, and it's like you got to know your prey. You went to a gay resort. Like, they, went, one... they went to fuck shit up. Yeah. That's the only reason they would go to a gay place like Key West. So fuck shit up. And also, Key West isn't easy to get to, even from no. Florida. Like, you need to fucking drive for five hours on that little one-lane <laughs> highway, highway or take a plane. Uh, meanwhile... just stayed in Florida. Why, why spend the money? <laughs> meanwhile, in Greece, the uh, Minister of Culture and other officials are outraged after it was revealed that uh, a gay porn film was shot right in front of the Acropolis. This is actual audio of Steve getting gangbanged. I had a great time. The Acropolis is Greece's most visited landmark, um, but a group of filmmakers staged an explicit gay sex scene at the UNESCO-listed site, and the footage has been posted online. It occurred in broad daylight as tourists walked by, uh, although it's not clear whether the tourists were aware of what was happening. The anonymous producers of the film, titled De Parthenon, have described the scene as a political act. They say that the Parthenon symbolizes nationalism, the cult of antiquity, and patriarchy. I say this is fuckery. Okay, so I, I also want to say this is fuckery, but then they will use the word protest. I'm just like, oh, now I feel conflicted because if you just... Like, if you're, this is actual protest, then fine. I'm okay yeah. with it. But if you're just using the word protest to cover your ass for having have nice sex, this is fuckery. <laughs> just say it. Okay. Is it the Romans or is it the Greeks where, like, a part of rite of passage was sleeping with? I think it was both. both. I mean, the Greeks were definitely into gay stuff, but the Roman soldiers, I think, were the ones where you had to, like, suck off the warriors before they went into battle. Um, like the, the Spartan soldiers. Yeah. The, the Parthenon was first screened before a small audience on December 16th at the University of Thessaloniki. And didn't cause any controversy, but that changed after the full 36-minute film was posted online last week. The president of the Greek Actors Association, Spiros Biblias, said, As a Greek, I'm ashamed. You can't do anything and everything in the name of activism. Hello. I was waiting for it. (laughs) (laughs) We have a Greek friend who uh, I like to imitate. Um, Now, my problem with this whole thing is that I, I don't understand the title. I know it's a play on Parthenon. I guess it's deep, deep, Parthen. Oh, deep. deep, but it's not spelled that way. It's D E, like depart, Departhenon. Maybe it's like the getting rid of the Parthenon, like D Parthenon. Deep in the Parthenon. Well, 
I decided that there were better titles that they could have used, and I what posted this on the Adam Sank Show Facebook page uh, where they were met with very little attention. Uh, <laughs> my ideas would have been as follows. Grease my hole. <laughs> up your Athens. I like that one. Scaling the Acropolis. Penis. The Acropolis. Oh. Lick my column. And this, I think, would have been the best one. Parthenon Anon. I like that one. Come on. <laughs> What's Where, better than where's me? Where's my sound cue? <laughs> More of you need to go on the Adam Sancho Facebook page. It's hilarious. Um, where are we right now? we got 10 minutes for, before Peppermint. Um, this was cute. A, uh, a gay proposal happened during an Atlanta Falcons game when they were playing the New Orleans Saints. One of the uh, male cheerleaders um, got down on one knee. And, wait, do I have this right? Hmm. Man proposes to cheerleader boyfriend during NFL game. So the one proposing was not the cheerleader. Um, ben... Someone, I'm missing some of my copy here. Uh, the story is the Falcons have three. Okay, <laughs> the Falcons have three male cheerleaders on their squad. One of whom, a guy named Ben, was in for a big surprise. Ben's boyfriend Dominic, a registered nurse, of course, decided that the game would be the perfect opportunity to pop the question. He duly got down on one knee to the surprise and delight of the cheerleading team and to Ben's total shock. I don't know why there are no last names in this story. Dominic is originally from Arkansas and moved to Atlanta after graduating from nursing school. Ben is from Austin, Texas. He's on the second season as a cheerleader with the Falcons. Prior to this, he enjoyed four seasons cheering for the WNBA Atlanta Dream. When not, now this is interesting to me. I would have thought being a major uh, team cheerleader would be a full-time job. But this says when not cheerleading, Ben works as a financial analyst for a big consulting firm. The two men have been together for just over two years. Um, ben was completely shocked by the proposal. He had no idea it was happening. His cheer coach and teammates were so supportive, and so was the entire Falcons organization. Both men shared pics to their Instagram, including team mascot Freddie the Falcon, or Freddie Falcon, <laughs> giving them a hug. Aww. Not a cute story. So I love male cheerleaders. I th- you know, especially that TV show Cheer, which we just uh, spoke about yes. last week. Um, it's so first of all, for the first half of the story, I was thinking, what football? And then I realized we're not talking about football. We're talking about basketball, right? This is the basketball WNBA. No, he used to cheer for the WNBA. Oh, this is the Atlanta is a Falcons team called the Falcons. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, no, no. I thought we were talking. Oh, wait, we're football. Or football. Basketball? No, football. football team. Oh, so this is football. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. It was an NFL game. I got a little sorry. Sports. Damn, my life. I know we gave, but come on, we gotta know something. <laughs> basketball cheerleaders, other than the Laker girls, there really aren't. A, it's not a big deal to be a basketball yeah. cheerleader. The football cheerleaders are the, are the ones that. Oh, that's so get all the exposure. They don't mm-hmm. Make money on the. Uh, Apparently, I mean, I guess yeah. when they're not in season, they got to do something. Yeah, because they travel, they do all, all the... But how does his financial stuff. analyst job give him enough time off that he can, like, travel with the team and be a cheerleader? Right. That, I don't know. Yeah. They probably lie. She probably works on OnlyFans. <laughs> I work, in, you know, at a, at a financial institution. Is Those he an analyst or an analyst? Let's be real. Uh, do either of you watch the show, does either of you, excuse me, watch the show Euphoria? You know, no, I would like to watch it because it's Zendaya, but then again, it's children and it makes me feel uncomfortable. It's like watching Big Mouth. Well, yes, they are very sexual, yeah. but they're all played by adults. I mean, let's be I, honest. I know. Do you watch it too? I started to watch it and I couldn't get into it. It was sort of like that bizarre camera shots, quick camera cuts that I just couldn't. I couldn't figure out the rhythm to it, so I gave up on it. <laughs> I I watched the entire first season. Um, I found it rather dark and depressing, but also fucking cool and amazing with amazing performances by Zendaya and by Hunter Schaefer. Um, anyway, I started re-watching it because Patrick had never seen it, and I knew he'd be into it, and he loves it. And because I want to watch season two with him. So anyhow, this story is about season two, which is currently airing, and there was a scene on a recent episode that uh, had reverberations around the world. Um, a, a, a minor character, someone who's really not part of the show, is seen going into the bathroom and pulling down his pants and sitting on the toilet to take a shit. And when he does, his dick is fully exposed, and it is a big dick. And people on Twitter were saying, 
Um, yeah, uh, let's see. What are some of the tweets? Basically, like, there were women saying, I never needed to see a guy's dick as he sits down the toilet to take a shit. Um, people were shocked, basically. They'd never seen this before. Well, the actor, Ansel Pierce, went on social media to uh, confirm that it was not a prosthetic, that it was his actual penis. Uh, and here's what he had to say about that. Oh, oh this is muted. Oh. Got a lot of questions. And... Y'all are fucking hilarious, dude. The amount of TikToks, tweets, the fucking Reddit board that's like analyzing every TikToks, tweets, the fucking Reddit board that's like analyzing every little piece of the scene. I mean, this is this is mind blowing. I'm fucking I'm laughing my ass off over here. So please, if you find like funny tweets, anything referencing this shit send it my way this is making my entire fucking day i am cracking up right now he's like blowing up now because of his dick good for him good for him i say oh oh, stop stop holy fuck no more tiktok videos on this show they just started scrolling down as soon as it finished i was like sis i don't want to see the videos um, go ahead and get our guests on the phone when you can, right, JB. Yeah, I'm doing that now. So that show has more dick than I think any other show I've ever seen, but I, I believe a lot of it are prosthetics. Now, that one we know yeah. wasn't. You know what show just had a dick reveal? Sex in the City yeah. and Just Like That. Oh, my Did you see it? Well, are we talking about Harry's or are we talking about the, the neighbor? <gasps> Let's talk about both. <laughs> okay, so Harry's was clearly a prosthetic. Well, he, like, grabbed it, like, full handful and then, like, threw it back in his pants. I love that show, by the way. I, I think love it, it too. It's doing so great. I don't believe that Evan Handler has a porn star dick like that. He could, you know, it's always the little guys that shock you. Every I just time. don't think I, that looked fake to me. However, the other one. There's another scene where Carrie goes down to talk to her downstairs neighbor, and this guy answers the door in a towel. One of the hottest yeah. men I've ever seen in my it's life. Sexy. And I felt that he dropped the towel on purpose. He wanted to show Carrie's dick. Of course. And it was soft. But it was beautiful. It was a really pretty dick. Now that was real. Yeah, it had to have been. Wait, okay, you you never answered the question about the euphoria boy's dick. Was it a nice dick? Yeah, it was lovely. Okay, it was. I mean, it was soft, but it was thick and meaty. It looked beautiful. I mean, if someone was talking about my dick, especially soft, fuck it, I'll be laughing too. What, what? They weren't like, laughing at him. They were saying they thought it was a prosthetic, and they also were just no, I, shocked I, I, at the as scene him itself. Laughing, I would all. I, oh, as, would as happened to me, I would be laughing too. Because what else can you do? Right, it's, it's dumb. That's like you see in the vagina because someone were to go piss. <laughs> this is such a high level of discussion we're having right before we speak <laughs> yes, to this is our esteemed guest. High IQ level highbrow. Let's call highbrow. I mean, I would not show. Well, first of all, I've done naked comedy. There are pictures of me naked online with my soft dick, and it is humiliating. It looks like I have, you know. You know what? Penises are penises. You can't judge it when it's soft. No, I know, yeah, yeah. and mine does get bigger. But I wish, I wish I had one of those dicks that, even as a shower, it just looked nice and meaty. A mutual friend of ours has a nice and meaty dick, but you know. Is this a mutual friend that we've both had sex with? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his isn't even that big. It's just it's pretty lovely. It's a really it's a pretty lovely. Dick. That, well, that's like my boyfriend. Yeah. My boyfriend has a beautiful penis. Aww. My favorite penis. Hi, hi, Patrick. Hi, Patrick. We love your penis <laughs> and you. <laughs> I don't know that he's listening to the podcast anymore. When we oh. first started dating, he listened to every single episode, yeah. and I think now that the infatuation stage has worn off, he's like, "Eh, I'll listen when I can." Oh, now I like Lane and I still listen to it on our way uh, back to the city, and so I'm, I, I think he's nervous to see what he's going to discover about me during every episode, every drive back. Now you've been hearing <laughs> from a lot of people. Um, that about the podcast right that yeah. want want to use your newfound stardom to be on the show <laughs> they do and it's it's actually really lovely and um i think we're gonna get some interesting people on uh i am still trying to get my my dear friend and father figure joel gray on uh so we shall see if he comes I would on so love it um that would but, be unbelievable yeah. um but you know i think we've got some fun people that uh you would also like to interview so it'll be it'll be fun absolutely i mean the thing is will they be naked like <laughs> Um, either of them, I don't 
think you'd want to see. You know, naked. the one thing we've never had on this show is actual nudity. We've had porn stars on. Yeah. But we've never been like, take out your dick. Because, uh, frankly, it's sexual harassment. Yeah, that's totally sexual harassment. We, we, support, we support people and their rights. So that's what we all do. We talk about it a lot. So yeah, we're going to do a we, naked show is what, I've under, is what I'm understanding? I mean, I mean, I'll wear a jock shop. Well, weren't we thinking it. of doing one where you get your hole bleached on the air? So <laughs> we're working <laughs> on that, about, right? I, so I actually, this turned, while we're waiting for peppermint, this turned into a hysterical discussion where I... Uh, messaged my former dermatologist who now lives in San Francisco. And I said, we think there would be a really funny segment of doing a live anal bleaching. This turned into, I don't live in New York City anymore. Tell me when I'm running out of time. Uh, so he said, let me contact my friend who I think still does dermatology. He also does not do dermatology. Now we're in a group text. And then they're like, but I think my other friend is still in New York City. These are all dermatologists. And what this turned into was everyone sending pictures of their buttholes and dicks and fuck videos. So now I have a group chain on my phone of dermatologists, really hot, sexy dermatologists with sex videos, buttholes, and enormous penises. I mean, that's wonderful for you, but how does that help the show? Well, I, Are we well, going to get your anus bleached on the air or not? I think so. I'm trying. Um, <laughs> because really, the listeners are waiting for you to outshine Ryan in some way, and I think this would put you over the top. You Ryan think? never got his anus bleached on the air. Maybe Ryan comes anything... in for a special double anal bleaching. Oh, my God, with both your asses up in the air. <laughs> Live streaming it. Can you imagine? Yes. How um, are we doing, JB? No answer yet? No, I'm going to close the room and send a new invite. Maybe that's the problem. Oh my God! He, uh, Steve is now showing me this. That's a dermatologist uh-huh. with that porn star dick. It's huge. That Holy fuck! Wait, I'm sorry, you're fucking dermatologist with porn star dick. Yeah, it's so big. And now he's showing his big hairy ass too. Yes, it's he's adorable, isn't he? Oh, JB is like not even paying attention to the guest anymore. He just wants to see these. Yeah, I'm here for dick pics. You can't just. Oh, he cute. I'll sell my face. The the other. Yeah. JP, JP, not into the mic. That's not good. <laughs> the other, the other three. This is a fun message. I was telling my husband, and he said, "Steve, we're not doing this." And I said, "But, but, 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 husband." <laughs> All right. So, um, I'm sorry. I'm getting, really getting frustrated here. Can you try calling this number and seeing if this helps from the studio line? Oh, I hate when we don't have it, especially someone okay. as great as Pep. I was so excited to talk to her. You know, I've worked and with we confirmed Pep this like fifty times. I have too. When yeah. did you work with her? So I used to do this yearly holiday show. Um, he's not listening, so I can say this. Um, and it wasn't the best, but he <laughs> he's not the best singer. But he put this really funny, amazing show together that I really enjoyed doing it because you kind of got over the not so great. Was it Scott Nevins? No, no, I won't say the name. Because I want to know. Case. But um, he's a, he, he, he just, it was so fun. But he always got these great drag queens to do it. And it was the season that Peppermint was on RuPaul's Drag Race. And she was there. So I actually played piano for her. And then she couldn't get into her clothes. And I'm like, oh, I used to be a dresser here. Let me help you. And I, so I dressed her and then played for her. Amazing. Um, she's so lovely. I can't say anything. Lovely, lovely person. I know Pep from back in the day. We both had shows at Therapy. Mine oh. was on Sunday nights, the Electroshock Therapy Comedy Hour. Yeah. And hers was Wednesday nights, Cattle Call. Her show was far more popular than mine, even before she was a yeah. household name. How we doing, JB? All right, I'm going to start the intro. Our guest today is a global superstar making her second appearance on The Ass, if we ever get her on the air. She is an actress, songwriter, recording artist, and activist who appeared on season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race and in the Broadway musical Head Over Heels. She recently served as a house mother on the Here TV competition show Call Me Mother and acted in the VH1 movie The Bitch Who Stole Christmas. Her latest single is called Here It Is, or excuse me, Here For It. Take a listen. Hit it, JB. And please give a warm ass welcome, finally, to the iconic Ms. Peppermint. Pep. Pep. Peppermint, speak, please, if you can hear us. <laughs> What's going on, JB? Peppermint, can you hear us? I can hear you. Oh, my God, she's there. Thank the Lord. Peppermint, my love, we have like 10 minutes for this whole interview now. Okay. What's, what happened? What, do you, what happened to me? <laughs> yes. 
Um, Are you okay? I'm here alone. I'm moving much slower than you would imagine after having um, a major, having all of my guts rearranged by my surgeon. Oh, really? I didn't know you had surgery. I'm on a wheelchair and it's just moving the wheelchair down the hall to the um, computer to get onto Adam's clean feed link. Um, just took longer than I imagined that I thought it would. Thought it would only take six minutes. To, turns out it took nine. Okay, you Sorry. you are fully excused because that is the most legitimate reason I've ever heard for being late to our podcast. Are you okay? How are you feeling? I'm all right. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I feel like I had surgery a few days ago, but... <laughs> Um, I mean, if I hadn't had surgery and I felt like this and I'd say terrible, Yeah. but I'm alive and, um, I'm doing okay, you know? Well, I wish you a a speedy recovery. I hope that you're up and around soon. And I thank you for being on this show. You know, the last time you were on (laughs) was one of my, uh, work from home shows during the shutdown and you were wonderful, but our audio quality was so shitty that we could barely hear you. Uh, it was like in... Hear me? I can hear you great now, but th- that no, I mean, that's so strange. It was it was pretty much the same. It must have been the same equipment. No, it was it wasn't. It was my home setup, which is like put together um, with paper, paper clips and glue. Clips. So yeah, no, this is <laughs> it's way better. We can hear you crystal clear now. That's what my surgeon used: paper clips and glue. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you feel this way. Now, Pep, you and I, we were just talking about this, my co-host Steve and I, because we both uh, know and love you for many years. Hi, Steve. Uh, you and I both, ho- oh, he said hello back, but yeah. but his mic was okay, off. Yeah. You and I both hosted shows at Therapy Lounge back in the day. That's when I first met That's you. True. But oh I, I don't really know much about your life and career before that. How long had you been performing when you started that show? Uh, well, I guess I started in around 2005 to therapy, and um, that was one of my first, like, big shows in New York, like, you know, solo sort of moments. Um, I moved to New York in the, or in the late 90s to go to college, um, acting college, and then I started working in the clubs, like, the next day. Uh, <laughs> you know, I worked in the tunnel, and I worked in, you know, Limelight. <clears throat> and so, and I was performing for sure. We were like lip syncing and dancing around. Um, and so I, I, I'd always been in sort of a performance atmosphere the whole time I've been in New York. So about a f- at least five years since uh, before you and I actually met at therapy, but it wasn't until um, around that same time, like mid two thousands, like two thousand three, four, five, that places started giving me you know, my own show. My very first show, which was my own, was the happy hour time slot at Splash. Oh, Splash. Um, it was called Candyland, <laughs> was the name of my show, my night. Um, <clears throat> it was fun, you know. And I got paid so much money. It was like the most I'd ever been paid. Um, even more than therapy was paying. Uh, and therapy paid well. Therapy paid well, and therapy gave raises at at a t- at a at a certain point. Not to me. Um. Well, <laughs> well, darling. I mean, come on. Your show was um, your show was far more popular <laughs> than mine. No, they did give me a raise. Actually, they gave me like a bigger budget eventually to pay the other. Yeah, um, comments. yeah. I mean, they just, Tom Johnson was always opposite, very generous. Yeah, the opposite. There were some other clubs that I won't mention who, but very popular drag clubs that um, were down in Chelsea. That, you know, the very first day of going in, working there, they were like, hi, welcome to the club. Um, You know, we love you. You're great. You have a show, but you're never going to get a raise. Never ask for more money. Um, And and this is the best it's ever going to get for you here. (laughs) That was like the first day. Well, I I don't know what it's like for drag queens, but for most comedians in New York who have like bar shows, they don't get paid anything. They're, they're literally doing it for free. They're lucky if they get drink tickets. So right. I always thought uh, I was so fortunate to be part of that therapy lounge family, which sadly is no more. Um, yeah. it's, it's been, you know, it's been a minute since your season of Drag Race. You were the first queen to enter the competition as an openly trans woman, which at the time was a big deal. 
And cut to 2022, I feel like now there are so many trans and non-binary queens on the regular uh, RuPaul's Drag Race and on All Stars. It kind of feels now like gender and even sexual orientation are no longer a factor on the show. Uh, And I think, I mean, you definitely deserve credit for that, for being the first. Are you surprised by how much has changed in just the last five or six years? Um... I'm I'm relieved. I'm not surprised because it's well overdue. I would say uh, it is really interesting, like comparing my experience um, and my perception, because that's a big part of it. Um, going on, I was very nervous. There was never anyone who really had a conversation with me about from the show um, about you know gender or coming out or being trans or the importance of that or the significance of that or not. Um, It was just sort of not talked about. And so it was really all up to me to decide on if and or how or when and to who I wanted to come out to or what I wanted to talk about. Um, And after, after the fact, after, you know, cause the many of the producers stay in touch with you after the show. um, One of the producers did, finally disclosed to me she's like yeah we knew that you were trans we knew all these different things but we weren't really trying to we weren't gonna you know since it's a reality show they were just you know trying to there's a believe it or not even though the reality show is scripted there is an aspect of it that they want to just let happen naturally sure and and so that was that i'm not sure what the conversation it was um or the audition tapes were like for um you know the the let's say Carrie Colby or Cornbread who are on the current season of uh or even Gottmik who was obviously on last season right. of of Drag Race um I'm hopeful that that they were like hi I'm trans da, 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 da. and you know I don't I wonder whether they led with that <clears throat> but for me I didn't really want to lead with that because I really I at the time the t- the, the 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 atmosphere was you know don't tell us you know, there was uh, the issue of censorship from the show on certain words that are now considered transphobic that were used very frequently on the show right um, both by RuPaul and and also by the, the contestants and so there was a huge debate if you remember in <clears throat> 2013 14 15 about whether they sh- the show should say that whether it should be taken out and then of course it was like subsequently taken out like removed from previous episodes in reruns yes and i remember people were up in arms oh yeah oh and so that was the atmosphere that i was um you know in when i was trying to figure out you know how do i balance my transness with this art form that i love so much drag well, and what's interesting to me as someone who's just kind of watched this revolution happen um, in the wider culture, but but also on Drag Race, is drag and the drag community and the trans community, there's always been overlap. There have always been drag oh, queens who were trans women, um, you know, going back to Stonewall and even before. But I think the common perception among binary gay men like myself was the art of drag was was a cisgender man dressing up as a woman and passing. Like, that was the art form. When, in mm-hmm. fact, that was never the art form. The art form is about all of the other things that drag performers do. Dancing, lip-syncing, oh, fashion, makeup, creativity, yes. like, all of it. All of that. And there's so much, and, and more. And we are, you know, especially in today's age, we are our own photographers and hairstylists and promoters and and you know um agents a lot of times and you know um retouchers if you're you know using <laughs> filters yes i, I some I of us do those things but never, I, i've never heard of it um <laughs> but there you know there are um you know there it, it drag is one of those true sort of renaissance art forms i think that sh- can and should and it's definitely better off um, if it if it relies on the skills, the various skills um, that that each artist brings to the table, and they can use that in their drag, whether 
it's fashion or sewing or an eye for detail or being a chef or an ice skater like milk and, 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 um, uh, gosh, I just don't remember the Denali Fox. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and this is something like I never even really realized or imagined that I would see a drag queen doing a show ice skating. Right. But it's wonderful. Yeah. And so, you know, these are some great skills that people can bring to drag. Uh, and it's a shame you don't get to see, in terms of drag race, you don't get to see a lot of that um, on drag race because there's no time. It's a short show and they have a very particular format, which is why I'm very excited to have been asked to do a different drag reality TV show. Call Me Mother. Um, yeah. And it's not that we have ice skating. I don't want people to get excited about <laughs> God that. damn it. You got me so excited. Drag on ice. <laughs> I know. It'd be great. Um, but, you know, there, there's... I, I don't know about drag race, but but in... Or the, I don't know about the, the recent drag race auditions. I knew when I auditioned for, was auditioning for drag race, they were never saying, whoever you are, bring your drag, regardless of, you know, your gender, your, your sexuality, or your your um you know how how you express yourself just bring your bring your drag and that's something that call me mother said like on its casting notice like right. we want trans people we want drag kings we want non-binary performers we want people who do who perform non-binary drag and so that was uh, felt really good to me to know that they were trying to be as inclusive as possible well, people can watch that on Here TV, and I encourage them to. Pep, I also want to congratulate you because I found out yesterday that you won a Glad Media Award. I was nominated, but I hope that oh, I Oh, I win. thought you won. <laughs> oh, my God. We'll, we'll leave it. We'll say it. I, we'll say, I it. say you're the winner regardless. Um, we're going to have to leave it there, unfortunately, because we're out of time. Okay. Are, you, are we going to extend it, JB? Can we do that? All right, good. We're going to keep you. <laughs> Whether you want to okay. stay or not, we're keeping you here. I'm a prisoner of love. <laughs> uh, we're going to, yeah, we're going to do some editing on this episode because we had about 10 minutes where we were like jerking off waiting to, to join you. Ooh. It was a lot <laughs> of Let's fun. Let's do that. Not literally. I wish we had been jerking <laughs> off. That would have been more entertaining than what we were doing. Adam. <laughs> I know. How is your love life these days, by the way? Speaking of, um, it is, uh, it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm a lover, um, not a fighter. Good. I'm single. I did, I was in a relationship, um, not that long ago. Definitely around the last time we spoke, um, I was in a relationship which ended a couple of years ago now, right before the pandemic. Mm. And, and I, and I ended up writing a, um, doing a writing an an entire opus um an album series of albums about it i did my taylor swift thing and that's what you got to do you got to turn pain into art right yeah and it's beautiful so I, i did that and i also did a i was in so much pain not only did i write songs enough for three albums but i also direct wrote and and produced two short films to go along with those <laughs> albums. Amazing. Um, and so the first ones are, they're out right now, but they, um, they're since they're, since they come in many parts, part two and um, three of the album and the short film come out on out TV um, later on in the year. Fabulous. But yeah, I'm single. I'm a single bitch. I'm dating. I was just on this, uh, I just had a really nice date, couple of dates with a, a really nice guy. It didn't click. Um, he called me to tell me he, he was like, I don't think it's working out. But there was so, it was like really adult. Like we really enjoyed ourselves. And it just gives me hope that all males are not complete scum. Well, I think one of the nice, uh, yes, I think one of the nice things about getting older, and of course I'm referring to myself, not you, because you never get old, but I I think people, people, (laughs) people at our age tend to know how to behave better when it comes to ending a relationship, having a difficult conversation. I think when you're young, you're just, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to handle uncomfortable situations. So you just ghost. 
Um, and I, I find that, uh, you know, at our age, again, I'm older, uh, men are better because they, they, they're able to say like, hey, I really like you, but I don't think this is going to work out and, and let's end this. Yeah, and what's wrong with that? Like, there's no, that's great. Like, what, why, why can't I? I, uh, I wonder. I mean, you're right. The the younger ones, I guess. You know, we don't we don't really receive the the type of like training, and especially as queer people. But it's it's definitely not just queer people who are having dating issues. Obviously, right. Um, I imagine and, you get I, a a lot of like like people slipping into your DMs, like as a, as a well-known performer. I, you would think so. Yes, I have a lot of D- people in my DMs, but there, I have not, there's ever, ever, ever <laughs> received a dick pic in my DM. What? And I am highly upset about that. Not once. All right, my there's co-host Steve is pulling down his pants right now, and he's going to send you a dick pic. I never get them. I never get um, hit on. Nobody's ever like, you're cute. I'm None shocked. Can you believe it? I only get people who are, and, and, I, and I'm appreciative, but I only get <laughs> teenagers. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Not sending dick pics. Teenagers who are like, I'm coming out of the closet. Can I have your help? My parents, you know, and so I'm like, dear Abby. <laughs> I'm not dear no Peppy. Use me sexually. I'm really I'm shocked at that because you're you're a gorgeous woman, and I would think that you would, uh, you know, just the sheer number of people that follow you. Um, and and I will tell you that being on the Adam Sank show is the number one way that people get dick pics sent to them. So I wouldn't well, be surprised if after ye, this, hear ye, let it be known. <laughs> I like to look at dicks too. Peppermint is now receiving. In her inbox uh, on Instagram. And people can follow you uh, on Instagram and Twitter at what? Peppermint247 on all socials. It's so easy to remember that. All right, Pep, in the time remaining, we're going to play a game. I don't think we got a chance to play this with you last time. It's called Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. And that's me doing the bumper. Okay. Uh, Number one, describe the perfect kiss. A slow one where a lot of... Um, that involves like s- s- trading of food. Oh my! Really? <laughs> That's nasty. Not like not like a hamburger, but like mm, I just had this ice cream. Kiss me. So yes. you like a lo- do you like a lot of saliva? Pre-COVID, definitely. <laughs> I mean, not, you know, maybe not so much right now, but in general, yes. I'm more about dry kissing. I like I like when people I like tongue, but I like when people use their lips first and foremost. Some people are all tongue, lips. and they just shove that I tongue like right tongue in. And lips, but I feel like most of the people that I've kissed are, are don't know how to use their tongue. I mm. want you to suck on my tongue. Yes, <laughs> suck sucking on tongue and lips. I think are important. Yeah. What is yeah. the sexiest part of a man's body? Oh, you know, I've asked this question numerous times and no one ever says like cock and balls. Like it's always an interesting answer. Why do you say brain? Because I've seen a lot of cocks and balls. (laughs) (laughs) And as much as I like them, they, uh, they, they have this, like they can bring, they can draw me to them. But as soon as I'm done with them, I'm kind of like, ugh. Like, I could have totally just eaten a Jolly Rancher and been <laughs> just as happy. You know what I mean? Um, but, there's, but there's something about a person's mind that keeps me engaged, makes me feel sexy, um, makes me think of them in a more sexual way. And it's not just like, their intelligence, which obviously I would hope that they have, but it's also how they um, how they approach sex. Yeah, you know, there's some people that approach sex strictly physical, which is which is fine. Sex is physical, but when there's something um, either emotional or something, um, if they're like exploring my body in a way that they are trying to find out what pleasures would be without just asking me like, "What are you into?" Right. Um, if they're using their mind 
in more than one way, then that is sexy to me. If they're thoughtful, yeah, then that is sexy. And I think that brain part also goes to when we were talking about adults dating. If, if there's going to be a breakup, explaining and communicating, that's also the brain. So when I say the brain, I mean those types of skills as well. I agree. I think that's a great answer. And I, I earlier this episode, I said that uh, I was in love with my boyfriend's penis. But I'm even more in love with his brain. Peppermint, who is your celebrity crush? Well, I mean, would anyone be surprised? It's Jason Momoa. So hot and now single. I know, and I can't believe it. But now that he's single, I'm kind of like, isn't this weird? Less attracted to him now that he's single. <laughs> of course. Because it points out that maybe there's flaws, that he's human. Well, it, And I don't like that. That was actually a breakup that made me sad because I thought yeah. they were such a cute couple. I love both of them. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I always feel like if you're beautiful, rich, famous movie stars and you can't make it work, like how the hell is there hope for the rest of us? Do you know? That's true. And they really seem to, they were the odd family for sure. Um, you know, the two of them, Lisa Bonet, um, and then it seemed like Lenny Kravitz was like the unofficial third partner in the marriage. <laughs> that, that's what it seemed like. Which makes it even hotter. Had, exactly! Girl, never let that end. I don't care what they're doing. <laughs> let it go, keep it going. Well, Jason Momoa, if you're listening, uh, Peppermint's inbox is open, <laughs> and she's ready for yes, your dick pics. You. Send me at least a dick pic. Come on, boo. I know you sent them before. <laughs> That's probably so big. Um, what song always cheers you up when you're in a shitty mood? One of my favorite songs to perform, too, is um, a song by Kina. Um, nobody even knows who she is. She's amazing. She was a member of Brownstone. She was a replacement m- member of the, uh, an R&B group called Brownstone. And um, it's called... Girl from the gutter. Okay, I'm gonna check that out. Um, check it out, boo. What's a movie that <laughs> What's a movie that always makes you cry? Ah, uh, Bridges of Madison County. Do you know I've oh. never seen it? I've never seen it either. You have got to see it. It's so beautiful. It's I mean, it's a sappy movie. It's but it's Meryl Streep, so you know it's acted well, right? And it's Clint Eastwood. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. Excuse me. Um, but, but the movie is beautiful and it's, it's about, you know, um, unrequited, just two lovers who, who, who have a weekend more than a tryst. They fall madly in love and then they have to make a really huge sacrifice because their lives are two so completely different, but it is so beautiful and so romantic and did you see the broadway show when it was turned into a musical did you did you go and see that no i didn't because that was like early 90s late 90s right no steve it was was five or six years ago i believe yeah i think it was like mid mid 2010s jason robert brown wrote the music i never saw the show but when they play the music on sirius xm broadway it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite uh scores i never went and saw it it's good but the movie, it, 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 I, I guess it didn't do well, but the movie is... was a huge hit, yeah. I'm adding that to my viewing list. Peppermint, what's the best advice your mom ever gave you? You rub, rub a spoon, rub a silver spoon on your bruises. Oh, interesting. What does that mean? It helps break up the um, the blood vessels that have come to the surface. Oh, I thought it was a metaphor. No. Actually, take a spoon and rub it. If you have bruises, it'll help get rid of the bruise if you rub a silver spoon on there. Wow. Whatever. Does it work for hickeys? Yeah, it works for anything that's a bruise. Steve is actually t- typing this into his phone. I am. He's going to try this. I want to um, see if the Google tells me. And finally, Peppermint, give us your best fake orgasm. That was amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna remix that and drop it as a club song. It's gonna be called Peppermint Comes. 
Um, thank you so much for doing this show. I'm sorry that you're in pain. I wish you a complete and speedy recovery and get out of that wheelchair. And um, once again, people can follow you at Peppermint247 on Twitter and Insta. What else do you have coming up that people should watch out for? Uh, you know, people should if they're since we're it since we're in January's and we're sort of in that in that dead zone yes. of the year. Uh, I think people should go back and watch uh, Call Me Mother on Out TV. They should watch my first part of my short film also on Out TV, which is I called what? On Out TV, it's called a girl. It's called Girl Like Me. Mm -hmm. um, they should listen to the out to the album anywhere you can stream. A Girl Like Me, Letters to My Lovers is the name of the album. And they should check me out on Harlem, which is a TV show on Amazon Prime. Fabulous. I love you so much. Thanks for doing this, babe. Thank you, baby. Talk to you soon. Stephen JB, Hi. please plug yourselves. Cub Mexi on Instagram and Steve Cesaro Medina on Facebook. Uh, only at Stocking Anarchy 12 on Instagram. Thank you both so much. We are back again next week with our first ever Olympian. We have bronze medal winning Olympic equestrian Robert Dover joining us. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Insta at adamsank and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye.